Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the show, and I'm very excited about my next guest. She is a wealth of information about real estate, and not just about buying real estate, but how it fits into your overall estate plan. You know, your estate is comprised of all of your assets, and some of those are more important than others, and certainly your residence and maybe your second home, your other jewels of real estate are very important components of that. So I'm going to... Bring her on. Wendy Hooper is joining us from Coastal Village Real Estate and the, the team of Keller Williams, Newport Estates in Newport Beach. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Bill. Wendy, you're uh, not only a resource to your clients for real estate information, but you're also a member of a group that I'm also a member of called Provisors, which is makes you very much a resource of of all kinds of uh, referrals to different people that can help out. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started in the real estate business and what you what you do for, what you do beyond selling real estate for your clients. Well, happy to do it. And you're right, the Provisors Group does surround me with peers that are vital to my team and my business. And uh, for fear of dating myself, I first sort of stumbled into real estate in the '80s. I grew up in Northern California in Silicon Valley and uh, unwittingly witnessed the, the boom and then the bust, if you will, of technology. So it was an interesting time to, to enter into the field. I worked as a, sort of an advisor support person to some key executives at a real estate company there and then sort of evolved and worked for a private escrow company and uh, got recruited to a mortgage bank where I assisted a certain vice president as he launched the wholesale division of that bank and then a few others. So it was a wonderful experience. It was hands-on, literally ground-level experience that enabled me to see what happens behind the scenes. What does it look like when you're actually transacting real estate? And then how does the finance fit into it? How, what are the legalities of uh, title and escrow? So it was a fun beginning way back in the 80s, and here I am today in Orange County selling. Well, you know, you got to start somewhere, and it sounds like you had a really good beginning, and it was very interesting, gave you a lot of good background. Um, what are some of the key things that you learned in, in that that beginning time? Oh, my goodness. I was thinking about that on the way in this morning. I think that what I learned um, is that information is power. And what people often don't understand when they're a buyer or a seller in a transaction is how much is going on behind the scenes. There's so much that happens when someone is financing, and perhaps sometimes even when they're not financing their acquisition, there are so many moving parts. Uh, I think the Mm -hmm. most vital thing I learned is what happens with interest rates. What does it look like when a bank makes a rate commitment and then they have to pool it and sell it into the secondary market? And there are a lot of layers to that question that affect the people, the end consumers, and they're not really aware of that. There are a lot of things that that come into play. I mean, when it's it seems like it would be a an easy transaction, but there really is a lot to it, Wendy. And so, sure. uh, when you when you start working with a, a client, what are what are some of the things that you say? You know, besides um, the fact that we want to buy or sell a residence, 
have you considered blank? What, what, what are some of those factors you would say? Great question. What I do is with either buyer or seller, I conduct a preliminary interview, if you will. We sit down, we plan for an hour to an hour and a half to talk about what their experience has been in real estate, if any. And I often surprise clients who fancy themselves seasoned investors outside of California by saying, okay, when's the last time that you bought or sold real estate within California? Because we're really our own special set of issues. Uh, and we sit down and we, under, we reach an understanding about what California will require of them as a buyer or a seller, what their experience level is with that. And then that aside, what is their goal? Is this buy or sell of this property because they have a life change? Do they have a changing event? And then, of course, that triggers all the other questions. You know, Do you have a tax specialist? Do you have an estate plan? If this property is already in your estate, how does it affect the estate when we liquidate? All of those types of things. We really want to get a base-level understanding of how this piece fits into their big puzzle. You know, when you go see a doctor, first you get a diagnosis, then you get a prescription. Well, usually these days anyways. But when they, so when people come to see you, it sounds like first you work on the relationship, then you work on the transaction. And I think that's very refreshing. And I think that's something that a lot of people are looking for these days because it, it's, it's not just a transaction. It's a piece of their life. Certainly, certainly. And it's funny because I start the conversation about, okay, how does this fit into your estate plan the same way with everyone? And when I have the 22-year-old who's buying his first house because his dad said that's what he should do, he looks at me blankly and says, what do you mean? And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. well, your estate plan starts now because you're buying something that is hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like it or not, you've you've begun your estate, and it's important that you embrace that concept and start thinking that way because I'm concerned about your future. And it it works. People understand that that I'm there as their quarterback, if you will, to make sure that this piece fits into their life and that they don't have the unexpected hit them upside the head down the road. It's a great point. And, of course, at that point, uh, when people are making that first purchase, they're entering into a new level of complexity with regards to their their plan if anything were to happen to them. That's their estate. That's what's left over after they're gone. And then you can be a great resource in saying you ought to go talk to uh, this attorney or this, uh, these other planners who can help you now deal with some of that new complexity as well. Precisely. And very often the advice that they get does alter the way we negotiate or uh, document their contract at point of purchase. So it's critical that we know that we're all on the same page so that we can go forth and write something that doesn't have to be edited or corrected after the fact, because that can be cumbersome. Not impossible, but it's cleaner if you do it more effectively on the front end. So. See, I can imagine with all of this, uh, with this philosophy of relationship before transaction, you, you, uh, keep in touch with people and they they would be absolutely thinking of you first next time that they're going to either purchase or sell a piece of real estate. Well, that is always the plan. Um, I have to tell you, I think my, yeah, my greatest joy is when I stay in touch with my past clients and I hear things, for example, this one unmarried couple, uh, I helped them buy their home together before they were married, urged them to go get an estate plan. Thank goodness they did. Um, because there were prior marriages and children and spouses and some messiness involved. But then I got to see the wedding photos of when they got married in the backyard of the home that I sold them. And I was the first to hear when they were expecting their first baby together. You know, And I was the one that was able to, to drop baby gifts off for them and just see how my client's little family have, has grown. It's just a delight. That's my greatest joy. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that is that's fun. Um, so you move from uh, the the real estate professional to the tr- a trusted advisor status, and that's great. Now let's talk about the the transaction though, and how do people maximize the value of their home? What's the the concept of staging a home about, and why is it important? There's a lot of levels to staging. Um, and what I often have to remind people is that not everyone who walks into your home has imagination. I mean, that's the beauty of the human condition. We're all very different. And some people lack imagination, and they can't see past your clutter or your collection of what have you or your color choices or a variety of different things. So in some cases, I talk to people about you know, understand that we need to make your house as neutral as possible. And in some cases, if the house is empty, I need to show the would-be end consumer how these rooms are best used. And that may sound pretty facile, but often it's not. So staging is something that I minimize as much as I possibly can, only to the extent that we're not harming the client. So it may be something as simple as let's put a fresh coat of paint on it, let's plant some flowers in the front yard, let's power wash the windows. And sometimes it's we need to scrape the ceilings, we need to change all of the flooring, we need to put furniture in every single room because people aren't going to understand how to live in this space. Mm-hmm. So so you come in as the as the uh, a helper as far as being the – Imagine the proxy imagination of a potential buyer who 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 might look at it and say, "Yeah, I, this would be much more attractive to me if this happened and then that happened." Do you help mm-hmm. your your um, sellers also find the people that will do that work with your vast array of uh, of professionals that you network with? Oh, of course, of course. I quarterback everything. Um, I have various different construction crews depending upon the size of the project. I have professional interior designers that I work with and space planners. And I myself have several uh, different pieces of staging furniture that I just keep and I store because they're used repetitively. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital to have all those at your fingertips because time is often of the essence. Uh, my, my greatest mm-hmm. challenge and my greatest wish, if you will, would be that every client who was planning to sell a home came to me six months before they needed to sell it because that would give us the time that we need to really walk through these things and, and do them to the greatest effect. But it doesn't always work that way. So it's important I, I'm able to turn on a dime. Well, that's great information and great a great tip for people that are thinking about selling their home. Now, let me ask you a question because I've heard this from you before that it's a red flag if a listing agent insists on being present for the showing of the home. Um, why is it a red flag? Why is that a bad idea? It can be a red flag. I'm not going to say carte blanche, it's always a red flag, but it's something to be aware of that 95 to 96% of all consumers are starting their home quest, their home search on the Internet. So they've already identified the homes that they want to go and see, usually, by and large. Um, sure. When you have a situation where the home seller has not specifically said, I've got a gun collection, I've got priceless art, something to that effect where it's really requisite that their agent be there every time. If the home seller hasn't led with that thought and the agent just says, look, I'm going to insist that I'm here every time, we're not going to let anyone get into the home unless I'm here, you need to understand that that's going to reduce the number of people that are going to see your home. Because so many people have started on the internet, they're patience, if you will, their attention span, if you will, is shorter than it used to be. If they can't go see the homes that they want to see, for example, this Thursday between 2 and 5 o'clock, because your listing agent is booked and not available to be there at that time, they're going to go see other homes that you're competing with, and they may very well make offers on those other homes because they've already done their homework, they're already motivated. So as a seller, 
unless you can make your home available as quickly as possible with as much flexibility as possible, you're going to probably miss about 30% of your buying market. Uh, well, I think that's a very valuable tip, and that is, of course, a you know, to the 2015, we're in the in the age of the the millisecond <laughs> decision exactly. almost. If somebody says, "Now's the time," I'm ready to see it, and you're not, and you have to say, "Well, how about next Tuesday instead?" You they may have looked at many many places by then, and you may have lost your sale. True. Yeah, true. Makes a lot of and sense. something okay. something I find unfortunate is I try to preview homes, especially the high value homes, the homes that are over three and four million dollars. I go and preview for my high asset clients because they're very busy people. And if I'm not able to get into your home to preview it, I may not bring my client back to it. Now, Wendy, do you have any client stories you want to share with us about a situation where you helped someone and and what the outcome of it was? Sure. Gosh, I mean. Again, thinking about that on the way in today, there are so many because what I do is not just helping someone acquire an asset for their estate. Of course, that's a huge part of what we do, but we're also helping them with their life events. And I think the most gratifying um, purchase I assisted with was last year, and it's a good friend of mine, Lisa, whom I met through the American Heart Association. I'm a, a survivor speaker. I've got a pacemaker. I've got a congenital heart defect. And Lisa suffered a debilitating stroke seven years ago. And she's my age, so really young in life. She was half paralyzed. And she came to me and said, you know, Wendy, I've got this money. I really want to go buy a home, and I want you to help me. And not only was it thrilling to have the honor of helping someone like that who trusted very few people because she was often preyed upon because of her disabilities, but I was able to help her buy a home and then get the necessary contractors in there to make it safe for her. We were able to supervise putting grab bars on both sides of stairwells and things because she's paralyzed on one side. We were able to help her remodel her kitchen so that she could reach all of her cabinets and she could cook safely and not burn herself. Not a huge price tag, not a huge commission, but the biggest satisfaction I think I've ever had. It helped turn her house into a home. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't put a price tag goes, on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes back that goes back to the relationship that you have with your clients. And if our if our listeners are starting to think about selling their house uh, or maybe mm-hmm. even buying a house in the Newport Beach area, what tips, ideas or precautions would you give them? I would really caution people now to be wary of the data that they see on consumer real estate sites, unfortunately. I don't know if you've heard of this, but there have recently been sweeping changes where the multiple listing service, or MLS as we call it, has demanded that these third-party consumer direct sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com engage in contracts with all of us agents and brokers. And now agents and brokers have to opt in to have our listing information populated out to those websites. Before, it was automatic. Now it's not. So now a buyer or a seller can't be 100% sure that what they're seeing on these consumer sites is the whole picture. So really, it's a great idea to contact me or someone else that they trust and start to get real estate trend reports months and months before they're ready it takes some history month over month to see what true trends are in real estate, and you cannot start too soon. Great tip. I mean, that that's a really great tip to start getting your information together, not just relying. I mean, so much information is flowing on the Internet, and so much of it, mm-hmm. you know, is – it's just uh, face value, right? You have to take it at face right. value. Now, you have you have a detailed biweekly economic report uh, that you yes. send out on – uh, on an individual basis. And so if someone wanted to contact you to, to opt in on that, how would they get in touch with you on to get that report? 
they could certainly call me or email me, and my direct number is 949-870-2424, or email me at wendy at coastalvillagerealestate.com. And I'm happy to send that out. But because it is proprietary, it's created by a local quantitative economist, uh, I have to I buy into it. I'm a subscriber, and he allows me to share it with my clients or my prospects only. I'm not allowed to broadcast it. So it does need to be by individual request. Makes a lot of sense, um, a lot of great information. And, again, if you're looking for uh, a relationship before your transaction, someone who cares about you and what you're buying and, and can help you fit it into your overall family and, and overall financial situation, contact Wendy Hooper uh, at Costa Village Real Estate. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you so much, Bill, as do I. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 